Hello, this is Sandra Champlain, host of We Don't Die Radio and proud member of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. What you're about to hear is our weekly global meeting that was actually a video, but I changed it to an audio so members' faces are kept private. In this meeting, we talked to physical medium Scott Milligan and others about hypnosis and the afterlife and some other great topics. I really think you'll enjoy it. And I want to encourage you to join the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. We call it AREI for short. As a member for just $35 per year, you get so many great things, as well as being able to participate in these weekly meetings. The meetings are really fun. And you can attend from the privacy of your own home and meet like-minded people around the world. They are held on different topics related to the afterlife and afterlife communication. And as a member, you can view past meetings and see what future meetings are going on by simply going to victorzamet.com forward slash Zoom. So would you please join me and become a member of AREI? It's easy to do. Just go to afterlifeinstitute.org. Okay, here's the audio of the great meeting with Scott Milligan and AREI. Enjoy. Everybody, uh, we are uh, very happy to have you all here. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about hypnosis in afterlife communication and in altered states. And we have a very special guest. We have Scott Milligan, who is here from Banyan. And he is going to be speaking with us about altered states. He's a, an accomplished physical medium. And then we have the, the others whom you see here, you'll recognize. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. It's kind of caught me by surprise, but, I, you know, why not? Um, so thank you, first of all, for allowing me to be a part of your evening. And this is very new to me because I, I have only just been introduced to Zoom and Wendy's been very kind showing me what to do. Now, with altered states, I believe it's a very natural process of moving your mind from everyday thinking into a formal daydream. Where I come from is obviously the entranced state, which is obviously going into a much deeper control with the spirit world. Now, I understand there is a, um, the questions about using hypnosis in kind of helping you along the way or discipline your mind to then fall into the arms of those of the unseen world. Now, for me, I personally wouldn't use hypnosis for my work because I believe it should be a natural unfoldment and it should take time for you to build up a relationship between yourself and the power and then the power then obviously moves you into your awareness of the spirit and the spirit world should induce that form of altered states. We um, will lay the foundation of disciplining one's mind to focus um, on uh, stilling your thoughts to the point, and then the other world will then induce it. So, for instance, if we were looking at hypnosis, what's the difference between the hypnosis state and then using the form of drugs to suppress the mind for the other world to work? I have seen in my experience. Uh, when I've looked at people, a lot of people can go into the altered states, but there's no intelligence behind it, i.e. with the spirit mind. So, for instance, someone can go into the trance state, but it's a self-induced trance, but there's no power behind. And that's where I feel a lot of people do go wrong. But, of course, with hypnosis, you follow instructions very similar to what we do when we're talking people into the process of, of blending with those in the world unseen. 
is that making sense with am i am i am i being clear yes you are being very clear thank you so for me um my unfoldment was a very natural process my circle leader taught me just to sit and talk to the spirit world and allow time to be your friend you know with physical mediumship and especially with any form of mediumship it takes time and you must allow patience and um, dedication of not only yourself and but of your circle members we always had this philosophy same time same place same people and harmony and just to have that kind of philosophy instills the discipline if you sit in a physical circle you know you must meet on a regular occasion keep all your troubles outside the door so that you can have the best environment to invite our friends from the unseen world to then try and make connections with us so with the hypnosis state i think it will probably help discipline the mind but you need to have the power and the relationship and also the potential to do the trance state i think in my opinion that trance is the byproduct of mental mediumship but as you do the trance mediumship it also strengthens the mental mediumship as well uh, where i as i said to you when when um, i was asked to to about hypnosis i'm not here to tread on people's toes but i do strongly uh, believe where my approach would be is that i wouldn't necessarily use it i would then look at a form of meditation which will help discipline the mind so you don't have the monkey mind or the butterfly mind so that you can move into that power and allow the the spirit people to start to speak through i don't know if anyone has been uh i've seen this recently i believe that trance mediumship is very diluted at the moment and we're not getting to the standard that it used to be if you looked at um uh, let's let's use um morris barbanel with silver birch we're not getting that standard anymore. Like with Colin Fry, with Magnus, again, we're not getting to that depth of philosophy where we can ask the questions, what's the spirit's views on euthanasia? What's the spirit's views on um, suicide bombers? What's the spirit's views on organ transplants? So we're not getting, the mediums aren't getting to that depth enough for, the, for you to surrender your mind for the information to flow through. Um, I, I very much believe that trance is like doing counting and doing the alphabet at the same time. The moment one starts to think about it, you start to break the link. So if you are using visual simulations, the more you're seeing the visual simulations, you're thinking and therefore you're breaking and pulling away from the link. Fair enough. I haven't got any questions yet for you. That's fascinating, Scott. That's really... Look, what I'd like to do at this stage is just hear from other people what's their experience of hypnosis, what it's good for, um, and perhaps if you'd like to think about it, the, the the differences or the synchronicities with hypnosis and uh, trance. Uh, Craig, can we start with you? Because I know you are qualified in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Tell us mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm, sure. Uh, what we've done is we have worked with uh, people to help them to develop their own mediumship abilities to connect with their loved ones. So it's a mental connection. It's a mental mediumship. And we teach them how to go into a self-hypnosis state. We do that through guided meditations. So they go into a self-hypnosis state where they relax the mind and then they allow the messages to come through. So this is just allowing the subtle messages that come through normally 
that we get all the time from our guides, from our helpers, from our loved ones, just allowing those normal messages that we get to bubble up into awareness by quieting the, the monkey mind, and by quieting the, the, the part of the mind that wants to take control. So we're successful in using hypnosis in that way and being able to do it. We've also done hypnosis in group settings, but it's only, again, it's mental. So we're not talking about the physical because, Scott, what you're saying about the physical makes so much sense because we have to develop that relationship. And that's yeah. what takes five years, seven years to be able to sit in, in harmony and allow that relationship to be developed. And, and I don't think that hypnosis would benefit people. I do think meditation would. So yeah. that if they're meditating outside of the circle meetings, that that will benefit them. But I'm not sure that uh, hypnosis will. I, I agree with you about that. But in self-hypnosis and in group hypnosis, where we're helping people to communicate with their loved ones, we're very successful in having mental, kind of a mental mediumship of the individual with their loved ones. Although we haven't helped people to use hypnosis to become mediums or to help to read other people. So we haven't advanced it to that point, and I'm not sure whether that's going to be possible. But we're at 86% success in, in helping people to connect with, with their own loved ones through self-hypnosis. Uh, and so that's a, a very effective method of using hypnosis. Can, can I, uh, I don't know, am I on mute? Uh, um, is it, oh, okay, yes, cool. you're totally on mute. See, what I would then pose to that then, um, like, if you could just stay with me for a second, any form of phenomena must have a medium present. What happened if we get a medium to then talk someone through the process of, like you say, the hypnosis? Mm -hmm. Is it the power of the person not speaking person through it has then given them the possibility then linked to the spirit world? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like sure. If we look at a Ouija board or a table mm -hmm. tilting, mm -hmm. you need to have a medium present for that power to then move the table and make that connection. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Craig, if you are a medium yourself, as you're speaking someone through, is your mediumistic power is like becoming the battery that enables someone, why they're in that state, to then mm -hmm. see and experience their loved ones. Yeah, and we've done some, some research in that. We want to do more of it, and whether having a medium present makes a difference. We know it does in instrumental transcommunication that having a medium there helps with instrumental transcommunication. But in the self-hypnosis, there's no medium there at all. Some people are sitting in their dining rooms or living rooms all by themselves. So they're making their own connections. We just teach them how to go into self-hypnotic state. Uh, in the group hypnosis, then, we do have somebody, uh, there will be a leader, a facilitator, could be a medium, could have mediumistic abilities. But for the self-hypnosis, they're entirely on their own. They're by themselves. Yeah, because... When you're obviously with the hypnosis and as you're talking someone through, you must get a, a form or a stream of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And where does that inspiration come from? Does it come from your soul? Does it come from the discarnate mind that passes through you as you're speaking? Mm -hmm. be, be, again, this is the questions that I would like to pose good trance mediums and say, right, okay, in our field, this is my experience, but what would the spirit views be? Mm -hmm. If you look at uh, certain cultures, they believe that if you sat in seances or uh, be a transmitter, you had to spin around really, really fast and then fall to the ground, and then that would induce the trance state. Mm -hmm. It's so, whirling dervishes. Yeah, well, in dervishes. Sufi, Sufi whirling dervishes. Uh -huh. So, again, this, this is, again, a different approach to go mm -hmm. into it, but mm -hmm. I still maintain where the trance and the physical is concerned, 
I believe, the very natural approach. I know there's people who use drugs to go in to try and produce the phenomena. Again, this is a very unwise thing. The, the energy that is emitted within the auric field is it, uncontrolled, and therefore the mind is not disciplined. And that's where the uh, psychic phenomena could take mm-hmm. place. And it's not not from the spirit world, it's from the soul instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott, does, does that apply to holotropic breathwork as well? I also, I, I also believe so, because again, you're forcing something to happen. You're, you're hyperventilating to such a point where you can vomit or you go to pass out. And I don't necessarily believe in, in my limited understanding that this is a right approach for the spirit world. Mm-hmm. But I'm an, old, I'm an old-fashioned medium in the sense of, I believe, sitting, patience, blending, communicating with the spirit world, and then hopefully, if one's mind can surrender to it, then the rest will follow. It's okay. interesting. What about the people who using hypnosis claiming that they're connecting with their higher self? Well, this is it. The channeling is different to trance. Yeah. It's completely different. Channeling, as you, you said, it's, it's self, it's soul. And um, so for me, if someone is able to move their mind in a form of meditation and connect with their, their soul, it's like I always ask my, my students, where do you feel the soul is within the body? Where, where is it? Is it in an organ? If so, why can an organ be transplanted? Does that mean your soul go with it? So I always ask, where do you feel love? And so that they will find that the area of, of power there. And once they connect with it and then they start to do a form of philosophy, when we look at them in, in a clairvoyant manner, you can see that the spirit world hasn't engaged with, that, with the mind. It's the, you can see the emanation of the auric field changing, so you know it's the soul speaking. So I, I do believe that you can do that, um, but it could be, again, I would, I would personally, to have a proper opinion, I would like to see it being done, and then I can look at them clairvoyantly and kind of read what's happening to them, and then I could say, actually, yes, it is the soul speaking, it is their self speaking, or it is a part of their subconscious speaking that they may have picked up somewhere along the way. The same within trance states. There's a lot of times that we always say to people, if you are in trance, do not listen to your recordings because it goes into the subconscious. And as someone is, is speaking in the trance state, it can be the subconscious uh, speaking back instead of the spirit mind. Fascinating. Okay. So it would not have to do the research. And, and yes. you, had mentioned, you had mentioned then having someone uh, be able to find out whether there is a connection there or who is connecting. Uh, yeah. We'd love to do that with the self-hypnosis, you know, because we have an 86% success rate uh, and would like to find out uh, what these people are getting and what is it that they're connecting with uh, and uh, get validations from uh, being able to find out things in the self-hypnotic connection that they find out later are true. So we get those kinds of validations. But to have a medium then come in and say, yes, your grandfather is coming through, your grandfather is communicating with you. And so we know that that's true. It'd be wonderful, wonderful research. See, that, that for me, is, is I find it so fascinating. But what would be even more interesting is mm. that if you have a trance medium who is able to, to sustain the power and get into a depth, to have them go into the trance and have someone go into that state as well and see if the spirit control could help 
or uh, answer questions along the way as well. I think the, the possibilities are endless. What we're doing is uh, we're trying to find out who it is, what, who these spirit teams are that we're connecting with on the other side. We want them to more clearly define who they are. Uh, we know that there are controls. We know that there are chemists. We know that there are people who are scientists and who are working on the other side. And, and Rob is working right now with trying to find out through anecdotal in, information by asking questions of people who go into the altered state. He's a developing physical medium himself. And so he's really curious to find out about the teams on the other side. So what he's doing is researching it to find out as much information as he can from people like you, Scott, and, and uh, from others, uh, and comparing notes with what he's getting and saying, who are we commu communicating with on the other side? Who is coming through? How many of them are coming through? Um, yeah. because we've heard them say that it's hundreds of people and that there is a spokesman or there, there is the control who is representing, representing this larger group of people. Uh, so he's doing that research now, and I think it's going to be a fascinating research. Yeah. With Leslie Flynn, he only develops the um, independent voice by staying awake later on in the unfoldment. Because if you look at his, um, we, my circle leader knew Leslie Flynn very, very well. And we have him as a frequent guest in the seances through the, the voice box. And we're able to talk to him and have it validated. And he started to go into the trance state at a very young age. And over the period of time, he then stayed awake. But any form of communication that comes through a medium, even if it's a materialization and full materialization where it's done in the light and they're stepping away, it still has to pass through the mind of the medium. So you'll never get 100%. You'll get 99.9%, .9%, but it still has to pass through the mind. And obviously, as it passes through the mind, it still can pick up debris. Like with um, my control, Eric, he will say to the circle that the, his, um, his words are dipped in the oil of his mind, which means that I'm starting to interfere. Not intentionally, it's just that the hold is starting to break down. So you'll never get 100%. Uh, so with Leslie Flint, even though his accuracy rate was brilliant, it still has to pass through him. Interesting. But they, they did take Leslie into trance at the funeral of Brown Rogers, which was his partner. At the wake, he was sitting there, he went quiet, and then he went into the trance state. And I, don't, I can't remember if it was Stooges that came through and said that to tell Leslie that he arrived safely. Mm -hmm. Another question from Annalise. Scott, I believe that ADC is mediumship by a person with a loved one on the other side. I am not wedded to the idea of calling this mediumship, but I do believe that there is a connection with the loved one, in my case, a telepathic dialogue. Well, the thing is, if, if it's true to someone, then it's not up to me to sway them from it. Um, I'm, I'm just going from my point of view. So if we were to put a circle around, if we sat in a circle and I place something in the middle of the room and I say to the person opposite me, what do you see? They will see it from a different angle from what I am. And I'm not here to say who's right or who's wrong. Um, but if someone is getting that communication and they've gone from believing to knowing, then it's not up to me to sway it. If it brings them comfort, then absolutely. And it may be that my limited understanding of it is where I am at the moment. My view may change in a week's time and it may change in a month's time or a year's time because um, we're always learning. Uh, but for myself, I would not touch it 
because it would not suit my my mediumship. My mediumship is is for a natural unfoldment through the instructions of my team, which is obviously Eric, Morningstar, and, and Daniel, who are the core. And then there's the outer core of people that then work in the seances. I think at this point we will open it up to uh, hear from other people, uh, particularly about their use of hypnosis. Uh, what is it useful for? What is it not useful for? Um, do we have any any other people here who have done a lot of work with hypnosis? Sandra, let's Sandra, start with you. I'll talk up a bit. Uh, years ago, before I even got into afterlife studies, on one of my journeys of weight loss, I decided to visit a hypnotist. And then I thought, well, why go to a hypnotist? Why not learn about hypnotism? So a couple of times I took um, long courses in California and it really dispelled to me what hypnosis was and what it really was. And so for me, um, why I think this is important is because it taught me to quiet my mind and it also taught me how to evoke my imagination in picturing it was so many things. And I found hypnosis is just a very natural place that we can all go. And I got my license as a hypnotist back in 1996. And I would work with clients. And one lady in particular, uh, although she said she wanted to lose weight, what happened was all of a sudden um, she saw her deceased son in her mind's eye. And then I think for myself, because I had been practicing it so long, not even thinking I would ever become a medium or um, try to start developing, I could see exactly what she was seeing. So I think as far as the guided imagery helping um, anyone developing as a medium or, you know, see what their potential is, it really helps engage their imagination and helps quiet the mind. And I do agree. Uh, I love what Scott says about um, – working with the spirit world. So that wasn't necessarily um, you know, spirit power moving into me, but I think it was engaging my own mental mediumship, being able to practice using my imagination and quiet my mind to things that are ultra necessary. So that's all I really want to say about that, but it's a great inquiry. Thank you. Um, I, I don't, uh, I'm not an easy person to be hypnotized. I tried, um, there's a similar conference, the afterlife conference that I went to and, and signed on uh, for one of these three and a half hour sort of personal hypnosis to take me back to previous lives um, and I did say to the person, please don't ask me what I have on my feet because that will bring me right back. And of course they forgot about it. And after maybe an hour of trying to hypnotize me, asking me what I had on my feet just brought me right back. So I have difficulty myself for people hypnotizing me. Okay. That's my personal experience, but I do believe in it. And when I can get over that hump, um, I find it, uh, it gives me a lot of insight into unusual things. I'll pass this on to Robert, my husband. Hi. Um, hi. Um, I'm a dentist by trade and uh, I've been certified in hypnosis. I basically use hypnosis uh, almost on a daily basis for my patients in terms of uh, distraction type techniques to uh, for pain control and pain avoidance. Um, 
Uh, we haven't really used it per se for mediumship, although Francesca is a medium. We have discussed it with our uh, group that uh, with hypnosis, like uh, Sandra was saying and also at Craig, it's basically to quiet the mind and place a person in a very quiet state in order to um, allow the spirit world to come closer. But in terms of using hypnosis for mediumship, um, it's more along the same lines like Sandra, basically. When uh, you know uh, patients are placed in a very quiet state, their conscious mind is just placed off to the side, their subconscious mind comes through. And I just want to just comment before on the, um, the lady who basically says that she um, communicates with her higher self. Uh, it's my understanding that I think, and I agree 100% uh, with Scott was saying, I think that the lady is basically accessing a part of her, a part of her subconscious. And it's basically, uh, call it what you will, parts therapy or ego state therapy, that she is communicating with one part of her subconscious, and she believes it to be that part that is, let's say, closest to let's say, God for her or her higher self or her higher mind. And I think that's where um, I believe sometimes people can get a little bit, there's a confusion where they say that uh, they're going into trance using self-hypnosis and yet they're only accessing a part of their subconscious. It, I, that's what I think happens, you see. And this is where I was telling Francesca that basically someone could be channeling information i believe it unless it's validated as evidential it's basically information that is coming from their subconscious mm -hmm. and uh i'll leave it at that that's basically my uh, my two bits of information if you'd like to speak just put your hand up if you've got something to say to, to join in the conversation deb selway good morning everybody thank you so much scott for all the wonderful work you do um I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm also a developing trans medium, and I just find that this conversation about the mind and the blending is really interesting. I was wondering, Scott, if you've had any experience or you know of um, the types of EEG kind of investigations in this space. And the other question I have for you is um, when you're uh, experiencing physical mediumship in your circles, what kind of state are you in? Are you conscious or semi-conscious? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Debs, and thank you for your kind words. Um, well, we have done investigations uh, with my mediumship where we try to understand it because obviously um, physical mediumship isn't accepted for everyone. So if we can start building up uh, as much database as we have so that if we do have people who challenge the authenticity or the, the history of physical, I can then say, well, actually, we've done this, this, and this, and this. And we've worked very much with uh, voice correlation, especially with the independent direct voice, which is obviously the voice box which is formed away and having voice correlation that comes up, which shows that some of the pictures, especially with the singing, when Francis comes to sing, it comes up non-human and it goes off the scale. And they said that this should not be happening through a male's vocal cords. Mm -hmm. um, but with regarding to the seances, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing trance, Trance, I'm very much aware of a very heavy daydream and everything sounds to me, it doesn't sound clear. And occasionally certain words catch my awareness 
And if these certain words catch my awareness, I can actually start to bring myself forward. And that's when the spirit control will say, we cannot carry on. Our words are dipped in the oil of his mind. And then they would literally just redraw from me. And then I come back and I, I know I've done something not intentionally wrong, but I, my mind has crept in. But with the seances, I, I've now reached a stage where I'm absolutely unaware. I'm aware of the blending, first of all. So as I'm being restrained to the chair, I'm aware that the vibration has changed. I'm aware of a presence moving close to me. And then I start to drift off. But now I'm starting to wake up during the seances so that I'll be awake and the trumpet will be up and I'm able to talk at the same time. And then the voice box will form. And this is something that I would like to um, investigate more and develop more because seeing a trumpet lift doesn't make a mum wake up in the morning who's been devastated by the word death because their son has passed or a daughter has passed. What's going to get a mum up in the morning is actually hearing the voices. And there's a lot of times when I'm awake, the voice will start to talk. My control will say, I have mother here. And I'll say, oh, mother. And they say, no, we can hear the person speaking. And then the, the, the voice box will then say, I have mother here. She had cancer. She may shout out a name or she may shout out the recipient of the name. And I'm consciously aware of it. I'm wide awake. I'm engaging with the sitters. However, I can't move. I'm absolutely paralyzed. I can move about that much of my head, but I can't actually move at all. And, and that, that is very fascinating to have that. And also... I can't seem to speak at the same time as the voice. I seem to either piggyback straight off of it or as I go silent, the voice box then talks. But I have noticed when the voice box breathes in to make the voice, I feel myself expand. So it's like they're using my lungs um, to produce the, the, the voice. Mm. Well, Scott, what do you think about Zoom? Oh, okay. I, I think it's awesome. I'm a, I'm a Zoom virgin. And um, I've lost my virginity to you all. <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> I, think, I think it looks professional. I think it's a wonderful way of interacting. It's a wonderful way of sharing information. And it doesn't cost anything. I think it's an awesome way because if there are people who don't have the funds to travel. They don't have the opportunities to go anywhere. And also, when you go to a course or a seminar... You can be very vulnerable, especially if you're going by yourself. So this is perfect. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on Thank because you. it's been fascinating. I'm looking forward to more of it. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, well, give us a second course now. Uh, <laughs> love it more. Uh, so, but uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you in September. And uh, you're going to be meeting with, uh, you're going to, Sandra is going to be yeah. over there with you and, uh, and Rob, our, our physical medium. So we want you to spend time with him. Thank oh. you very much for coming. It's been wonderful.